Oh, if you're a small child, I just closed my book. Um, if you are a small child or, uh, or what have you, this would be the time you had for Children's Church. If you have small children that are not going to Children's Church and you want a coloring book and some crayons, uh, you, can, you can raise your hand now, and we will bring coloring books and crayons around to you. She wants crayons, man. Don't mess with her. <laughs> Let me find my page again here. Sorry, I, I got distracted and, and closed. Um. <laughs> on, uh, on Resurrection Sunday, on Easter, um, we're celebrating something very big, and, and it, it, it's this once-a-year thing that we do, but I, I want to share this real quick before I get into what I'm talking about. Um, but on the first day of the week, this would be Sunday, which is the first day of the week in the Jewish world. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went out to the tomb, or they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. So like when they would bury people in the ancient world, they would cover them in spices as a way of like making them not smell so bad. Because, you know, you'd travel by a tomb and, you know, it would be this, this cave with a rock in front of it and it would smell to high heaven. And so they would sort of embalm as best they could to make it not so foul, um, to make it a little more pleasant. Um, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they, excuse me, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. They, while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise? And, he remembered his, and they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to, and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanne and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe it, believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping to look in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves and went home marveling at what had happened. Um, the reason I'm starting with this is, um, as I was kind of praying during the songs and, and everything else, I, I had this, this realization of something I, I didn't put in my sermon I wanted to talk about real quick. This is like four days after... Jesus was arrested. So when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's praying and the disciples can't seem to stay awake long enough to sit with him while he's praying, they're like dozing off and, and everything else. Like they're, they're just not managing it. Um, then folks come to arrest him and the disciples run away. Not only do they run away, but like Peter tries to fight these temple guards and drops his sword and runs away then. And Mark, um, one, of the, one of the younger disciples, they grabbed his coat, his like cloak, and he slipped out of it and ran away with no clothes on. He was so afraid. Like, like these guys are not courageous, right? You, you meet up with a bully and he takes your clothes and sends you home without him. You did not win. And you are not a brave man or a tough man. These same guys, after Jesus was resurrected, after he was raised from the dead, like, they came back different people. Um, Peter, like, preached a sermon the, the, on Pentecost Sunday and, like, brought 3,000 people to Jesus. Like, like... He, he then went on and spent his whole life, like, preaching the gospel, cast out of his community, he had to go into hiding for a little while. All the rest of them went into hiding and traveled the world telling folks about Jesus because they were changed people after this. Um, the resurrection, like Easter Sunday, this day, I mean, we do all this stuff to remember it, 
But this is something that should be a life-changing day, right? Realizing that Jesus, like God's son, loves us enough to come to this world, to step out of glory into like a human suit and like walk around as one of us, like because he loves you that much. That should change us. Like that should cut right to the core of who we are. I I remember growing up and I never was sure anybody ever liked me. I, I would go through life and think, well, you know, they're only just humoring me and they're only doing this and they're only doing that. Like there is no truth to that in Jesus's life, right? Jesus says outright, just about a week and a half before he was arrested, he says outright to folks, he says, listen, I choose to lay down my life and I choose to pick it up again. Like I am here to die for you and I'll come back for you. Like, and he did it because he loves you. Like, everything we celebrate, Good Friday, Easter Sunday, all of this stuff is because God adores you and cannot, like, abide by you dying in your sin. Like, wants you to spend eternity with him. That is amazing. Like, that anybody would love you that much. Um, my digression. We'll pray real quick and we'll, we'll get into what I wanted to talk about this morning. Um, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with us today. Um, I pray with everything going on today that, that we would just keep our eyes set on you, that we would recognize that you did an awesome thing for us um, on that Easter morning, that uh, a thing that is life-changing, a thing that, that makes everything in life make sense. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so um, this, this year was a very hectic year for my wife and I. We have had a very hectic few weeks. And um, as a result, my wife allowed me, during a very rushed grocery trip, to secretly duck away and buy all of the stuff for the kids for Easter. And so this is one of the best years ever. Um, because, because I picked it all, right? And the other thing is that Abby is six, six now, and she's reached a point where she is old enough that she can handle and fire a Nerf gun on her own. Like, this is 80% of the reason I had children <laughs> um, <laughs> is because of the cool toys I now get to play with with them. Um, and and I, yesterday I took the kids into town and we went out to dinner and we, we, you know, played around and we gave mom a day to herself. That was her Easter gift. Um, and and as, we were, um, as we were doing some grocery shopping, the kids kept asking me, well, what can I get that? And I said, no, 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 you got some stuff for Easter tomorrow. I'm not buying any toys today. Tomorrow, tomorrow you're getting stuff. And they woke up this morning. It was, what did we get? What did we get? And then we had some time where we played with Nerf guns, which is fantastic, um, and, and where we ate candy and we did other fun stuff, like, because that is, that is great. But of all the gifts that they get or they got this year, like almost all of it will be gone by the end of the week, right? Like the food eaten, right? The coloring books colored in. The Nerf guns, probably going to lose most of the darts by the end of the day um, because that's just how my world works. Um, and, and, you know, eventually they'll grow out of them. I won't, um, but they will. Um, but on Easter, we receive gifts that never go away, right? The disciples got, you know, the fulfillment of three years' worth of work. They saw Jesus dead and rose again. They didn't know it was going to happen because they were kind of dumb as rocks. He told them, and they didn't get it. Um, but they saw like a life-changing event and it changed their lives and then they went out and they changed the world. And so like as we dive into our text, can you bump it forward for me, hon? I'm having uh, slide problems. Um, we're going we're gonna to start in Romans here. Um, what we get on Easter, this is what we're talking about today. I'm going to touch on three things, right? Just three. It should be short. 
whenever a pastor says that, <laughs> recognize I'm crossing my fingers. Um, we're going to touch on three things here real quick. Um, and these three things are the three things that we get for Easter. And the first thing that we get is a confirmation, right? Like we get, Jesus shows up and he's got credentials. He makes huge claims. Anybody ever watch like those infomercials? You know, the knives that will not only cut a tin can, also a tomato and change the baby's diapers for you. Um, and if you get this brand new chair for your office, it'll change your life. Um, Jesus made these huge claims. Um, he claimed to be God. He claimed to have seen God face to face, which no man has ever done. Like, that's a huge thing. He claimed that he could bring people back from the dead, and actually he did it a couple times. He claimed that he could forgive sins, and that is no small thing. Like, I can forgive you, but like me saying, well, you know what, your sins are forgiven, that don't mean a whole lot because I'm just Eric, right? Anybody can say it. Um, but Jesus' resurrection is like credentials. In the beginning of Paul's letter to the Romans, he sort of touches on this. And this, you've got to follow me here, because the way Paul writes and the way the Greek language is, like sentences might last like five pages. It was like me in high school and now. Um, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, is the introduction to his letters. This is verse 1 in Romans 1. Um, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who is descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now watch this. The last part here, he says, listen, I am Paul. I'm an apostle, meaning I'm like a representative of Jesus out telling folks about him because I saw him and I met him and I can tell you about him. Um, and I'm telling you about his good news, his message for you. Um, and he says, listen, it's not just a message, but it's a message endorsed by God. And we know it's endorsed by God because Jesus, when he died, he came back. Right? Jesus was resurrected from the dead. This is a fairly uncommon thing. Can we all agree on that? Most people, like dead is dead. Um, but Jesus came back. And so when Jesus said things over and over and over again, like about, um, about eternity, and like even saying, I can lay down my life and pick it back up again, this is proof, right? I got papers on my wall downstairs in frames, right? And, and I, I, you know, sometimes will point to them as like, hey, I sort of know what I'm talking about. I went to school and I got paper. Um, nobody believes it. But, um, like, because those are my credentials. Jesus' credentials are he rose from the dead, Right? It's not a small one. In fact, it's a huge one. Um, going on, actually, Paul in, in Acts, like he's out teaching, and he goes to Greece, and he's teaching like the great philosophers um, of the time. Like he's arguing with them about the fact that Jesus was who he was. And he points to these things over and over again. Like this is his proof he points to. The times of ignorance, excuse me, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man who he has appointed. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. So Paul is talking to these philosophers and he's arguing that Jesus is who he is. And in the end, that's what he comes back to. He says, hey, God rose Jesus from the dead. God rose Jesus from the dead. Like, this is proof that it's the truth. Now, he's actually arguing this with the wrong guys because the, the Greek philosophers, they didn't want anything to do with being raised from the dead. They wanted to go into, like, another world and all that. But in reality, like, what the Bible teaches is everybody you know, everybody you know 
who will, like, who has passed away or will one day pass away, most people do, um, will come back. There will be a resurrection of the dead. Everybody will come back to life and we'll all stand before God in glorified bodies and he'll judge us. And like Jesus' credentials, the proof God puts on him is this resurrection. That's why we celebrate. That's why the early Christians, when they ran into each other, they wouldn't, they wouldn't say it bored. They would say it excited because like that's something to be excited about. Like he is risen. Oh, y'all could do better than that. Uh, we'll do it again in a minute. Um, I remember, I remember, um, when I, when I first got married, I mentioned being just married to everybody I came near, right? Oh, I just got married. This is my wife. Oh, have you seen a picture of my beautiful wife? Oh, this is my, you know, because I was excited, right? Um, because it was a life-changing event. It made everything better. Um, that's why the disciples were excited, because this proof on the teacher they had followed for years, the teacher that they had watched betrayed and crucified and everything else, like they would get excited and they would say, he is risen. Thank you. That's better. Confirmation. Um, So the Jews said to him, he's out arguing with Jewish folks, these teachers, and they say, what sign will you show us for what you're doing? Or what sign do you show us for doing these things? And Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. And will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered he had said this. And they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Um, Jesus himself pointed to this as his credentials. He says, hey, you want to know proof? Here's my proof. Um, and it was a proof that it was a proof that was undeniable. Actually, for the years that followed Jesus' resurrection, the disciples made it a point. They stayed in Jerusalem and continued to preach about him. And one of the things that you would hear about in the early church, they would say, "Well, wait a minute. If you don't believe me, go get his body." Well, they couldn't because he wasn't there. Um, the resurrection is proof. He also points to it when he says, um, "But he answered, an evil and adulterous." generation seeks for a sign but no sign will be given to it except the sign of the prophet jonah for just as jonah was in the whale for three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish i'm sorry ericized that um so will the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth um jesus predicted it um and actually to take it a step further like if you go through the old testament right like the first 39 books of the bible before jesus shows up there is like 300 some odd individual predictions about Jesus's life, right? And about two thirds of them are about like the resurrection and the crucifixion, right? Like things like as he was hanging there, they would try to feed him vinegar to drink, right? And that's in Psalms or the fact that none of his bones would be broken. The fact that he would be betrayed by, um, by his friends, like, like all of this stuff was predicted, um, even the resurrection. And sometimes you see it in these stories, like the story of Jonah and the whale or the great fish is actually what it says um but the credentials go further right like he was resurrected and it's proof of the old testament um i'm going to jump ahead uh easter also cancels like sin's penalty um if you go back into the old testament the point in time where adam and eve are along right the adam and eve story like we put pictures on the wall in nurseries and stuff like that and we have picture books and everything and we we kind of lose sight of the the big the big message here um, when Adam and Eve rebel against God, when you know they eat the apple and and they they just they had one job, right? 
You had one job, and they broke that one rule they were given. They ate the apple, and they fell from grace, and God kicked them out of the garden. The punishment that was announced on them was, you guys are going to die, right? They didn't get killed right away. God didn't take them out and stick them in electric chairs or anything like that. They died eventually. They would never have died. Um, have any of y'all ever, like, had a, had a family member die? Like, it's awful. And actually, the thing that the times it's happened in my life or when people I've been close to have died, like, the thing that strikes me is that it just feels wrong, like it shouldn't happen. You know what I mean? Like, we are designed to live forever. We are designed as eternal beings. We were made to live with God and enjoy God for eternity. Death is outside of the planet. It's a punishment um, for the fall, honestly, and it's something that we're all stuck with. Um, but sin is, like that punishment, that penalty is canceled by Jesus. But the words, it was, oh, um, let's skip ahead here. Uh, the next day Jesus saw, well, all right. But the words, it was counted to him. What's going on here in Romans? Paul was talking about Abraham, right? Abraham believed God's promise to him, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And what um, Paul says here, he says, listen, um, the fact that it was counted to him as righteousness, um, in, you know, but the words, it was counted to him as righteousness, were not written for his sake alone, but also for ours. Um, it will be counted for us who believe in him who was raised from the dead, our, Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for the trespasses of our sin, or for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Um, we'll get to this thing about resurrection in a second, but like what he's saying here, he's saying, listen, um, Abraham had faith in God. He trusted God, and that trust was counted to him as righteousness. The fact that he believed God meant that God forgave his sins, forgave, forgave his sins. In our place, right? Like, if I believe Jesus was raised from the dead, if you believe Jesus was raised from the dead, if you take him on as Lord, like boss, um, like, that's credited to you. Like, it's not a work thing, right? You don't earn it. You can't earn it. You can't earn God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness is a gift. And, like, that resurrection, that, that justification, that being made right by God, forgiven by God, God looked at Jesus on the cross, poured all our sins on him, looks at us now if we're his people, and he sees Jesus' goodness. He sees Jesus' righteousness. Like, all we have to do is have faith. It's credited to us. It's counted to us as free, like, gift. Um, but the next day, this is John the Baptist talking about Jesus. As Jesus is out, like, in the beginning of his ministry. The next day, Jesus, Jesus coming, he, excuse me, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he is before me. What John is talking about, he uses that phrase, Lamb of God. In the ancient world, in the ancient world, if you committed a sin, right? Let's say I stole something or lied or beat up my neighbor because, because he was obnoxious or whatever. Um, sin had to be forgiven because, like, what we learn in the Bible is the punishment for sin is death. Like, God is, God is pretty serious about sin. Um, and so what you would do is you would take a lamb. And you would take it to the temple, and you put your hand on the lamb's head, and your sin was transferred to the lamb. And then they would go, and they would cut the lamb's throat, and they would chop it up and all that, and the lamb would be punished for your sin. It was like a scapegoat, right, which is actually where the term comes from. You would put it on the lamb, and the lamb would be punished, and you would be forgiven. Um, and later we find out, like in Hebrews, it says, hey, you know what? Lambs can't actually take your punishment. We all know that, right? I mean, like, I, I could chop up a bunch of animals, and it ain't going to make me any less evil. Um, 
All of that was pointing forward to Jesus showing up. Jesus showing up as God's lamb, like who would take on sin, who would be punished for that. Um, and just saying that is one thing, but the fact that he was resurrected, like, acts as proof that there's more to it. I mean, I can say anything about anything, right? Um, I used to live in Chicago, and every once in a while, um, I would take homeless guys out for lunch, just because, you know, or I'd be waiting for a train to show up, and, you know, homeless guys hang out on the train station, and I'd take them for lunch. And I, it was great, because these guys would tell the most, like, phenomenal stories. Um, and every once in a while, I'd be looking at a guy, and I'd be thinking, you know, I'm guessing you were never actually the executive of a Fortune 500 company. Like, I'm guessing that ain't true, right? I'm guessing the CIA isn't following you. I'm guessing, you know, you may not be God. Like, I'm guessing, you know, but it was, it was interesting to talk to him, and it was, you know, someone else to talk to. Like, anybody can say anything, but ultimately the resurrection, like, is this proof, like, that Jesus had the power to cancel sin, he had the power to make us right before God again, which is why we celebrate. It's why it's life-changing. Um, it's why God's work in Christ is like, it's something we shouldn't just remember on Easter. Um, it's something we shouldn't just go to occasionally. It's something we should go to every day. I don't know about y'all, but I sin every day. It's not like I'm out robbing liquor stores or anything, but I, I do sin, right? I lose my temper. I neglect God. I I, you know, I'm selfish. I, you know, don't always take care of people who need help. Like, I'm not perfect. Um, but Jesus still died for that stuff. And he died knowing that I wouldn't be perfect. And the resurrection is proof that, like, even though I strive for it and I don't accomplish it, that there will be a day that I do accomplish it. When I'm brought up into heaven into eternity, I'll be made right before God. I'll be forgiven completely. Um, in Romans, for there is no distinction for all all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift. It is a gift. You cannot earn it. I will be good enough to go to heaven. I will go to church enough times to go to heaven. It does not work. You can try and try and try and try and try and try. You will never accomplish it. You can only receive forgiveness as a gift from God through the redemption that is Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood. Propitiation is a big word. Let's try that one. Propitiation. What that means is, it's like a switch of permanent records. I remember when I was in school, my grades were awful, and it followed me the fact that I had bad grades. Anybody else have that problem? I'm sure my permanent record was three feet thick. I always wish I could go into the office and take that permanent record and just bump it over to another file and, like, move someone else's over so, like, it would look like I got straight A's all the time. Um, It wouldn't have been true. But I always wished I could. That's kind of what happens with propitiation. Propitiation is God taking our permanent record and putting it on Jesus. So as Jesus hung on the cross, God looked at him and he saw your sins. Like all of them. And he poured out all of his wrath on that. And then when he looks at you, he sees Jesus. Man, what a trade. Right? Because we deserve it? No. Because we earned it. No, because we'll show up to church enough times. Nope, because, well, there's no cause, right? Because God loves you that much. Because God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. And actually, it's a little like, and it's honestly a little like being married. I compared everything to being married. I thought I loved my wife 18 years ago when we got married. And then 10 years later, I realized I did love her, but I didn't understand what love really was until I'd been married a while. And now at nearly 20 years of kids and all kinds of other stuff going on, I realized, man, I thought I knew what I was talking about. 
And I meet folks who have been married for 60 years, and I'm pretty sure, like, they know it better than I do, right? Like, the same is the case with Jesus. Like, we think we understand how much Jesus loves us. And we do to a degree. But the more we walk with him, the more we reflect on this, the more we understand it, the more we know him, the more it changes us, and the more we become different, the more we realize the amount that Jesus loves us is it's boundless. It's why it's worth saying he is risen. I'm just making sure I haven't put you all to sleep yet. Uh, <laughs> to be received by faith, this was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he has passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at all present time that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus Christ. What shall we say then? Are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? Like if God forgives me, maybe I should sin even more. So God will have even more to forgive me and it'll be more to celebrate. That sounds like a good plan. Um, By no means. How can you who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by our baptism in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So what Paul is saying there, now watch this, this is cool. Um, Jesus was executed on the cross. He was buried in the grave. He was raised again on the third day. If we're people who have faith in him and we're baptized into him and we are his people, we belong to him, we die to this old life we lived, right? Any of y'all ever have a habit like that? Or a sin like that or a pattern like that where you're like, man, I keep doing this and I wish I'd stop. Man, I keep doing these things and I wish I could quit. Or man, I wish I hadn't done that. Like in Christ, with him on the cross, we died our past. We died the old way we were. We dead and buried. And then we're resurrected, brought back in his resurrection, like made brand new, new people. I knew a gal um, years ago who we were talking and she said she was a drug addict. And she said to me, you know what? God doesn't know. You don't know what I've done and where I've been and the things I've like, like, like been through. You don't know how much I've offended God. Like God will never, ever love me. God will never forgive what I've done. And it was wrong. Because ultimately, like, God loves us so much that he would send his son to die for us. And like, a person who believes in him is made brand new and all of that garbage is thrown away. Isaiah says, though my sins are like scarlet. Though my sins are like scarlet, he has made them white as the snow. Um, And we're promised eternal life in that, right? So, like, we're promised your sins are forgiven, and all of us will live forever. Man, that's worth saying he is risen. I've I've watched, in the years I've I've been doing ministry, I've watched as as families lament a child that's disappeared, or as as families have sat around and mourned the passing of of a loved one. I've... I've, uh, I've done a, a lot of things that, that were very painful to watch and, and experience, like, from the outside, like, having nothing I can do. Um, and the one thing that I always go back to is that, that Jesus promises us eternity. Like, we are promised a resurrection. We're promised forgiveness, new life, the whole nine yards. We are given all of this stuff. And on Easter, what we celebrate is that. We celebrate this gift, this new life, this eternity. Um, our old self is crucified with him and our new self comes to life like brand new.
there's a line in John. Jesus is going to the grave of Lazarus, his friend who's dead and buried. And he's been in the grave for several days, and it stinks, and it's messy, and everybody's mourning. And they're all ticked off at Jesus for not getting there faster, which is quite a thing. Hey, we're mad at you for not getting here to heal him a day ago, you know, as though it was his fault. And he's talking um, to Mary. I believe this is Mary. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everybody who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Um, what's going on in this? Like, And this is kind of where I'm going to close up. What's going on here is um, Mary is standing next to the grave of her brother, um, and she's mourning it. And Jesus starts talking to her. He says, Well, I believe, Mary says to him, I believe in the last days there will be a resurrection. He'll come back. And Jesus looks at her and says, Nope. Not in the last days. I'm that resurrection. Like, I'm proof. It's coming. We celebrate Easter because Jesus is the resurrection. Like, this is a thing that should change us. It should change how we love the folks around us. It should change how we love our kids. It should change everything. These are gifts God gives us that are better than chocolate bunnies. And I love chocolate bunnies. Like, I'm not knocking on chocolate bunnies. Um, But this is a lifetime gift. This is an eternity gift. This is a gift worth celebrating. Um, we walk out the door today to have our ham dinners, which I'm looking forward to, and to, to celebrate with family and all of these things, to enjoy the extra day off this week, all of that stuff. But these are gifts that will go away, right? The gift that we get that's worth keeping, the gift that will go with us is new life. That's why we say he is risen. He is risen. Oh, let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd be with us this morning. I pray that you would help us to help us to be grateful for the gift of Jesus. Help us to be grateful for the gift of eternity. Lord God, the promise, the, the new life that's in front of us, Lord, I pray that you would pray that you would help us to celebrate it. Um, I pray that the, the gift of new life would go to the core of us and, and change us forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. He is risen.